guy was like, he, he's, he's like, what do you think of the job? Uh, perfecto. And I was like, it's like, no, not perfecto. He said, Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's like only one is perfecto. Jesus Cristo. Amen. And that let's get this started. It's seven. We got a lot to talk about. Hey, what episode, are, what, what episode go, are we go, on? Go. It says 88 on the sheet, but 82. It's 82. You, you don't have your Go, go, go. Welcome, everybody. This is Elijah for episode 82 of the Prodigal Sons. I'm opening today because we had a flip-flop, a switcheroo, a change around, or whatever you want to call it. So you get to see and hear me first. Tom, put that away. People can smell it. Smell of vision is real. We don't need that. Uh-huh, we, are going to st- <laughs> we are going to start everything off by introducing... This lovely group of people is what I'm going to call them because I'm going to be nice today. We're going to start off with Tom. Oh, I made it. First place. Nice. Hola. And next is Mr. Boston. Boston. How are you? We got the jet sitting in the middle. And who's muted? Oh, there he is. What'd you say? How you guys doing? Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, whatever. You just totally ruined it. Everybody else was cool, and then you just start talking. Just be quiet for a minute. And hey, we have the I, best I, producer I ever, Sarah. Hey yo. Well, today, if you didn't tune in last week, we are in the middle of our addiction series. This right here, in a paragraph, if it was a paragraph, it would be the meat. Last week was the top bun. This week is the meat. Yep. Next week will be what will complete the sandwich. Couldn't be like no veggie sausage or something. See, that's why I didn't want to talk to you. You had to be so <clears throat> New York. Can't be like a, black, like a black bean burger or something. Why? Of all, of all the burgers, why? I, I, what about an impossible burger? Do you like yeah, it? Too, too, they're really, really good, but they have a lot of sodium in them. Okay, you're being a Debbie Downer. How's everybody else doing today? <laughs> Great. I am so happy. Everybody. <laughs> that is so amazing. I'm so glad to hear how God is blessing you all. That is. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, I'll go. I just I wanted to see how long Sean was going to hold off. And he held off and I held Listen, off <laughs> when everybody else just went quiet. I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, I was like, me, too. I'm rolling. See what Elijah does. And uh, and it worked out uh, for me. It's it's uh, it, it was a week of uh, of God just proving himself that he's just always there when when I'm always doubting. Right. And and, and so what I mean by that is uh, I just got done my class on Friday. And I got a week break now before my next class. And I'm just really enjoying this break and just thinking how how God brought me through those two classes, especially the second one, because I just whew, it was not an easy one. But uh, but but if you just put the work in, God takes care of the rest. And it's it's just a constant reminder that that he's always there. So my week was good. I got it. I got it. I got it. I had a good week. That's it. 
you're a mute. You're not hosting I'm, anymore. I'm not, I'm not allowed to say uh, anything. So yeah, it's only, yeah. it can only be Sean. Yeah, it's it's, hey, it's well, got to be well, Sean. Well. <laughs> uh, oh, listen, I'm I'm still um, having a great time since Mac weekend, uh, since my assessment, uh, processing through that, and then kind of moving on and mo- figuring out where I am with the ministry. Uh, we finished you up the journey a- class. Sean's been so quiet. Like there are times where he wants to say stuff and he just doesn't talk anymore. Since that yeah, I just you know, I don't know what that yeah. is all about. But yeah, there's how, uh, is it? Yeah, we'll figure it out. How, how um, was it process? How was it processing that weekend? Like what? Like what? What are you going to process? Well, just going through all all of uh, all the the tips and the uh, the strengths and weaknesses that they gave me, and trying to put together. There was like information packets they gave out. So reading through that and processing through that. Um, it's just, it's such an amazing time when you can spend time with folks who have been doing this for a long time and really just love people, love God and want to just serve. And, um, wow. So know, they're definitely listening, huh? Actually, I don't, I think only, uh, <laughs> only Owen white is the only one I think that listens to our show. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's, I think it might be about the way I talk or something. They don't like to hear me, but, um, no, it's been great. And, uh, just getting more involved in stuff. Uh, I was telling Tom and earlier that, uh, you know, I just I just uh, volunteered for some new some new ministry needs and stuff in the district, and uh, so that'll be awesome. I can't wait to get involved with that. Uh, just a lot of stuff going on. So we finished our journey class at the church. I know we talked about that eight weeks ago before we started, and uh, it was awesome. Um, it flew by. It did. It went so fast. I can't believe how fast we got through that that class. And um, but it was a great time. I mean, we started. We had like twenty five people to start. And uh, we just, we came through it and, you know, some people had to miss and some, you know, some, some people missed the last class. I won't call it any names, Dave, but. Um, I thought it was fantastic. The last class, specifically the last class I thought was the best. One. I'm, sh- I'm sure that was your favorite class. The first one and the last one. The first one was excellent, but the last one blew that one way out of the water. <laughs> All the others in the middle were okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that uh, it went all right. But we are. St- I'm starting a new series this week of a three week course on uh, silence, solitude, and journaling. So, if you're watching and you you want to get involved, then uh, hit me up. And actually, it's funny that you say that because I am starting a new class uh, Sundays, primarily at one o'clock, but the time can change. Uh, where our first class is actually going to be this Thursday night, um, and it's going to be. Uh, the Jets showing everybody else how to play football because apparently nobody does it better anymore. And the Karen, uh, I hate to be this the one that so says the, this, but uh, I, the class the class is going to be at my house. I'm not going to be saying much. I'll be screaming, you know, touchdown a lot. But you know, I'm pretty Jets? excited. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. The Jets don't did you win say, very often did you say when touch, they do. Did when you they say do, you'll be screaming? No, no, no. Did you say you'll be screaming touchdown, or your class members will be saying don't frown? I'm not sure, but the um, but the Jets don't win that much, and when they do, I like to ride that high for as long as I can. And they, the they won this week. Oh, I try to get three or four weeks out of one win because uh, usually that's that's what happens. So yeah, yeah, well, I'm happy for you. Well, they don't show they don't prove very often that they can play football, um, and they did this week. So it's nice to see that they can still do it once in a while. So pretty excited about that. Uh, sorry, guys. Let me just answer this question for Jackie real quick. Uh, Jackie, I haven't, but I'll tell you what. I will reach out to you tomorrow if that's acceptable, and we'll we'll see if I can figure that out for you uh, to maybe get something going. But I will definitely reach out to you tomorrow during the day. I'll um, I'll call you on Facebook Messenger, and we'll we'll see if we can figure that out if that's all right. Cool. Nice. 
which week was it that we were talking about the DeLorean, Elijah? Was that last week or two weeks yes, ago? I think that was last week. Where you said did, did something to the effect of, did you did did you go 88 miles an hour? And I said, I don't think a DeLorean can go 88 miles an hour. Correct. Mm-hmm. That, that was either episode 80 or 81. I went home that night, turned on my, clicked onto Facebook, mm-hmm. and they were trying to sell me a shirt with Back to the Future, and it said 88 <laughs> miles an hour, Back to the Future. Hey, listen, I'm going to take the opposite approach to all these Big people brother. who are cons- Right. But everybody's, oh, conspiracy, whatever. Yada, yada. I like that they're listening. They're paying attention. I like it. I like it. They're trying to be attentive. They're trying to be attentive. Did this, did this DeLorean on the shirt have the Mr. Fusion? No, it was just the flames and the tire tracks and okay. the, the 88 uh, miles per hour. Gotcha. Um, and then the next day after that, I was uh, Lisa was working and I was watching the kids and I was like, man, I am so stressed out. And then somebody showed up and kidnapped the kids. It was awesome. It was awesome. They they just got back today. That is so I'm amazing. Just, I'm just glad that Big Brother listened. Is that is that why you're glowing? Like you got some rest? You were glowing. Yeah. Got a little cool. sun. Yeah, it was fantastic. Cool. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do have a, a strange question this week for you guys as well. What is the appropriate amount of cup holders in a car? It, it, you know, a car built today, how many cup holders do you think we should have? Uh, wait, a mid-size, like a standard sedan. Are standard going- sedan. I'm four. At least at least four. 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 Yeah, yeah. definitely four. Definitely four. Uh, you know, maybe I should ask you this. How many cup holders are in your car? Just go around the room. Tom. Six. Okay, I have Sean, you- two. I got two. Well, Sh- I got no. I got four. I got four. So Sean says he has six. Tom has four. four. I'm sorry, Elijah. How many? I have four cup holders and four bottle holders. Ooh, four cup holders and four. My truck has five cup holders and two bottle holders up front. And my question is, do you guys fill them? Are they always full all the time? Yeah. Yeah. When I yeah yeah with with previously drink with uh, old bottles that need to be thrown out old cups yep. that need to be thrown out and sometimes when I used to drive Lyft I used to keep bottles of water in there change change well my, my thing is every vehicle I get has more cup holders than the last vehicle I had <clears throat> and they're always full when I had two cup holders they were full if I had seventeen cup holders they'd be full. I only throw away trash when I don't have any cup holders left. So I think we should go back to two cup holders. That's what I'm saying. No, no, let's not go back. Let's just be more responsible. Why should you have a trash can in your car? I do have a trash can in my car and it's full all the time. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I have a, I have a bag hanging off of like the, the glove box and it's always full. And then the cup holders get full. The floor gets full. Yeah. So what I usually do is I drive by either um, Tom's house I drive by Tom's house or Pastor Pete's house when I'm out of cup holders, and I just throw the trash on their lawn. That's fine. Or you can come past my place and use the dumpster. Jonathan, to answer your, to answer your question, Jonathan, That's, yeah, I counted. My, I have one in, one in each of my doors, and I have two in the middle console. Yeah, I didn't I, count, though, so I actually have eight cup holders in the car because I got yeah, four I, and then four in the doors, one each, I, each door. 
I didn't count the cup holders and the the, the the door holders in the back, but I did count the ones up front. So, because I can't reach the ones in the back to put a bottle in there. But yeah, I only throw away trash when when they're full. And I, I, I do have a trash can in my work truck, but not any of my other cars. So I just I just drive around with bottles of water that have like, you know, half an inch of water in them that I'll never drink. So. Like bad I highly recommend y'all go to Five Below and get a trash can. It's amazing. Yeah, because but then you have to drive is... around with trash. Yes, which you empty every time that you... Uh, get That's, gas. Have you ever met any one of us? You really think we'd empty it when we get gas? We'd empty it when that? the floorboard is full. I do. Not every time he doesn't. So, listen, here's why I keep the extra bottles of water, the half drank ones, because. Oh, be careful. You know, somebody might be listening. I always forget. No, this is a clean one. I always forget to put the washer fluid in my car. So, like, I get in the your what? In my car. In your cat? Car. I didn't even know you had a cat. Yeah. When did you get a cat? Right. Moving on. And why are you putting washing fluid in your cat? <laughs> that is so weird. I'm I hope the animal, I hope the animal lovers are not watching. My Set goodness. Right now. And now, now your wife's going at me, too, in the comments, Tom. Thanks. It's only one A, though. It's C-A-H. That's how you That's how you spell that word. It's C-A-H. 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 I drive along and I take the bottle and I fling it out the window so the windshield gets wet so I can clean all the, the dust stuff off. That's, that's, <laughs> what I mean. that's so funny. That's like so like 1985. Yeah, the windshield yeah. doesn't work. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm, I'm done with random stuff for today. I think we have uh, an embarrassing game. Embarrassing game and then get back, get to the, get to the topic. Um. And then I might or might not have an announcement. I haven't decided yet. Oh. So. Is it what we talked about earlier? Yeah. yeah you got to talk about it. I can't talk about what I talked about earlier if you don't talk about what you talked about earlier. What did you? Are you oh. Yeah. Are you adopting a zebra? Well, a monkey. Oh, cool. So you should yeah. get a zebra and then the monkey could ride the zebra. Sean's getting a zebra. Nice. So the conversation was, what are you two getting? If uh, I'm getting a monkey and Sean's getting a zebra, what is Dave and Elijah getting? I'm going to get an imaginary friend. Mr. Snuffleupagus? Sure. Okay. Somebody needs to get a giraffe. Snuffy is real, though. He's not um, imaginary. That's true, because I did see him. That's Big Bird's I friend. That's the elephant from Sesame Street. Yeah, Elijah, yeah. if you got a giraffe, look how serious his face is. Trying <laughs> <laughs> to figure out how to trap him and bring him home. Oh man, yeah, I was almost started thinking. Wait, is he serious? Is, no, I am he, serious. Maybe he is real. I am serious. Snuffleupagus is Big Bird's friend. Yeah, I know who he is. Okay. Hey, Elijah, Bird. I think Elijah, I think you should get a giraffe, and then you can you can build a pen out back. And it can reach up to your balcony and get, and you can feed him. I think you should. I, 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 uh, okay. Where can I get a giraffe from? And then we can all take them to church. I think my, <laughs> <laughs> I think my imaginary friend is going to be the most disruptive though. <laughs> oh man. Does he make popcorn? All the time. Awesome. All the time. All right. So, any, who wants to introduce this game or the, oh, the what, what we're doing? I can introduce it. 
I don't know if I can play it, but I'll introduce it. Well, you got to play it. So I, I don't even know why you would say that. Yeah, you're in. Everybody's in. Whoa, you're, whoa, you're in whoa, the group. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Take it easy. <laughs> Mr. Snuffleupagus. Um, <laughs> what is snuffy, <laughs> snuffy. It, it is snuffy. Snuffing. All right. <laughs> the game is two truths and a lie. Oh, boy. I love this game. We haven't played this in such a long time. But We've we're all. A... Yeah. But go ahead. Preference, what is the objective of this two truths and a lie? They all have to be what? Embarrassing? They all have to be embarrassing. I don't. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why don't you go last? Elijah doesn't have embarrassing moments. Yeah. That must be tough. Yeah. It's a tough life. So, so, so are we going to each just say once, one and one? Or are we going to say all three, all three, all three, all three? I so think you say we all need three, to... and then you got to figure out what the lie is. Yeah, let's just go one by one. I know this was particularly tough because there's a lot of embarrassing things that I've done in my life that I really didn't want to say uh, when it was being recorded. Yeah, so, yeah. It took me a while. All right, Sean, you want to go ahead? Oh, yeah, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> He's like walking on eggshells. <laughs> I, I think I kept him out as clean as I possibly could without getting myself in trouble here. Uh, so one time I was getting I was getting a call uh, for a job interview and I was talking to the HR manager. We were setting up the time and the day and all that fun stuff. Uh, and at the end of the conversation. She's like, all right, well, we'll see you Tuesday at five o'clock, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, I'll see you there. Can't wait. Love you. Talk to you later. <laughs> That's pretty embarrassing. Um, Why, you didn't love them? I didn't know them. I mean, it's kind of hard to love somebody if you don't know them. Um, so my second one was I had to go to the bathroom at Knobles one time. And I don't know. It was my first time there, so I really didn't know how it was set up. And I accidentally ran into the girls' bathroom. And oh, it was a number two. And I, I didn't realize it until I started hearing voices and realized I'm in a women's bathroom. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> kind of make an extrication, um, you know. So then the last one, I'm going to try and keep this as PG as I can. Uh, it, it, it was hanging out at an ex a girlfriend's house. She was a girlfriend at the time. It's an ex-girlfriend now. And she was wearing a red shirt and black shorts. And so I walked, I went to use the bathroom. I don't know. All my stories seem to have bathrooms in it. And when Weird. I came out, she was standing at the counter in the kitchen and I come out and I smacked her on the butt and I turned her and I kissed her only to realize it was her sister. And she was sitting on the couch and was not happy with the fact that I had just smacked her sisters behind and kissed her. Uh, so that is, those are my three. That's the fun uh for me. I'll go first. The Knoble story is a lie. I think I agree with that. It's either number, either the second one or the third one. Is, the third one, the third one is he's not going to go to that kind of extent to tell that kind of story if it wasn't true. I think you're right, but he is a pretty creative guy. But he so is, he is creative. But you got to pick. I pick. I pick Knoble's. I'm going to go with Knoble's as well. I'll go with who's who's listening. Somebody's somebody's listening. 
Not me. Not me. All right. Who's two truths and a lie? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the third one. Just because I wanted there to be different. All right. All right. So one where he kissed the wrong person. Yeah. Okay. Sean, which one is it? So we got two twos and a three. Yeah. Twos and a three. Uh, and then you twos, you twos are correct. Yeah, Kenobi. Yes. yes. Um, I am very particular about not walking into the wrong bathroom. Yeah, I can't see Sean going into the. You that know what's was funny easy. is every once in a while I will walk some because now, now there's some new layouts in some public bathrooms, and every once in a while I will walk into a bathroom that the stalls are first and then the urinals are later. And when I do that, I always freeze dead in my tracks and freak out that I walked into the wrong room. <laughs> but I honestly, and this is probably more embarrassing than any of those three stories, I will not poop in a public bathroom. So that should have been a dead giveaway. You do it out, outside the public bathroom? Yeah, right before he goes. He does outside the yeah. door. <laughs> he doesn't I go use, in. I use the trash can. No, I, I can like only poop at home. I don't. Yeah. I don't poop it. I'm like the dude from. Uh, we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I. I <laughs> yeah, are we doing this? Are we doing this? <laughs> I, hey, Elijah, I, your your turn. No, I have to go last. I have no. I, I have. No I'll go next. I'll go next. I'll go next. I'll go next. All right. So here's mine. Not anymore, Pete. The church is no so, longer. Pete, Peter, Peter Clark. Of course, Peter Clark is watching now. All right. So fourth grade was my. F- First year in the United States from Puerto Rico, we moved to the States and week one, I'm sitting there as a foreigner. You know, they didn't even they, they, they've never seen a black person, let alone Puerto Rican. They didn't know what to do with me. And uh, in front of all these people, I, uh, I sneezed and, and just snots just came all the way down. And, and I, I, I looked around and everyone was laughing and I ran into the bathroom. And, and that's story number one. That's totally true. Go ahead. Story number two. Same thing, but it happened last week. (laughs) (laughs) I was at a wedding and I had to go to the bathroom to do number two. And I went to the bathroom to do number two to realize when I was done, there was no toilet paper in the bathroom. So I had to call a family member to bring me toilet paper and bail me out. Story number two. Here's story number three. Story number three. I'm at the Roy's first church of the Nazarene getting ready to bring the word of God. And I bend over and I split my pants right before a sermon at the church. That was story number three. It's definitely two because I remember I remember number three. (laughs) I think think it's to run down. He had to run downstairs and get something out of the clothing closet. I think it's either two or three, but because I don't think you'd lie about preaching and anything to do with the church, I'm going to say it's number two, the, the wedding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Clear, I remind, apologize. I don't know what's up with the poop talk either, but this is just one of those episodes. Apparently, I don't know either. Remind it, me to never touch a, Tom's phone because if he called his relative, that was clearly in there with this. Him. It's a ratings grab, you know, try just talk about poop always drives the ratings and that's what we're trying to do. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go with we got 14 viewers, which is like a world record for us right now. talking about this. Anyway, go. Yeah, I I think it's I I think it's the number two story, too. I think I think you put it in the same spot, the same similar kind of story in the same spot. I'm going to go with number two. Okay. 
Are you was are you was that a pun? Like, are you trying to be funny? Like the number, it's the two, number two story. story. Yep. Yep, it's a, <laughs> no, it's, it's a, number two story, but it's it a is number a number two, two story. story. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'll go with the had to call it relative. Okay. For being stuck in the the stall. So I broke the rules, and all three are true stories. Because Tom doesn't lie. We all should have seen oh, that coming. Goodness. We all should have seen that coming. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest even, with you. Even I knew, playing a game, he wouldn't do it. I knew at least two of them were true. The second one was bugging me because it seemed like the least, like the easiest one to make up. But it also seemed like the calling of the family member was too accurate to be made up. All right. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to try to be a little bit faster because we're running a little low on time. Uh, okay. Uh, one time I spent a weekend uh, out in the woods with some friends and I might have had a little bit too much to drink and I might not have had enough sleep and I might have tripped into a bonfire and, <laughs> and, and burned my face off. No, I and 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 burn yeah, part of my stomach and ruined all my clothes. And yeah, anyway, number two. Um, the, my first day of high school, I broke out in hives and I was so like nervous to try to find out where the nurse's room was that I just dealt with it. And it just kept getting worse and worse the whole day. And then I missed the whole next week of school because of all the hives. And the third one I have was one time I really, really needed all of ours have a bathroom story. One time I really, really needed to use the bathroom number one for a change. And my dad pulled over the car and I started to use the grass. And then my dad drove away. <laughs> What's funny is your first story and your third story. I, I can relate to those because that's true. Had American hero happened to me. So. Um, that's funny. That's tough, though, man. You made this very difficult. Yeah, uh, I go with the, the 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 taking the whiz on the side. I mean, urinating on the side of the road and the car driving off. No, just from knowing Dave, I can. I would think that his dad would do that. Yeah, I, Dave. Um, Dave would do that to one of his kids. So I would think his dad would do it to him. I would definitely do it to one of my kids. He's, I would too. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with number two. I'm gonna I'm gonna call number two is is the lie. Wow. All right. So so I definitely think that the the his dad leaving him is true. Um, it's messed up out of context. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're. Right. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize for that. <laughs> if um, somebody just tuned in. They're gonna be like, "What kind of game is this?" <laughs> <laughs> That's sec. I'm gonna go with number two because that just seems bogus. All right. You ready? Uh, I knew Tom was going to say all truths. So I threw two lies in there. (laughs) (laughs) And the the one that you guys didn't mention at all was one of them. Uh, The fire story was a lie and the hives was a lie. But my dad driving away while I was urinating on the side of the road when I was 10 years old. That one's true. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. I guess I get, I guess I'll try this. Um, If you guys have ever been in my car, you know that it's messy. I went to park one time, thought I put the car in park. It was not completely in park, and it rolled a little bit, and I had to chase it just a little bit, not far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. I told, I told. All right. 
Just a little um, bit, not far. One time. It's like three blocks. <laughs> one time I was on a SEPTA bus when I was younger, um, and the guy was on it with those walnut shells playing the game. Mm-hmm. I had to pee, and uh, he took me for my money. I played. I thought I knew where it was, and I was wrong. He took my money. And there was the third story. You guys know how much I hate insects, right? Do we all know this, how much I hate bugs? I was smacking at my face so bad because there was mosquitoes and bugs around. I bust my own lip. <laughs> that is not That's, funny. Yeah. That it, not it, funny. Yeah. It, Number two is a lie. Number two is a lie. The, the walnut shells on the bus. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's hard to, listen, it's hard to play that game on a moving bus, so I find that I find that to be suspicious. I'm going to go with number three. Busted its own lip. Yeah. Which one? Well, when you're on a bus and you're riding past Central High School and you're riding past uh, LaSalle College, there are a lot of swindlers out there, so... My lunch money and my token money did get taken by a guy playing the three shells on the bus. Okay, so which one was a lie? Oh, shoot. You're right. Were they all true? Two lies. So I picked one of the lies then. You picked one of the lies. Yeah. I did not not have to chase my car, and I did not bust my own lip. That's funny. The the car one was good. I love that the car one was good. The that was three, good. I would have never guessed that that was a lie. The three out of four of us. It's really funny that three out of four of us played the game. We cheated at the game. <laughs> I'll be praying uh, for you guys. That's at the end. I'm adding that to my list. Well, since, well, since, well, since, well, since coming from Matt Weekend, he is a new person, so he's yeah. trying to walk the line. Hey, hey, t- hey, Tom. Tom. Yeah. Good luck trying to transition that to the topic. Well, see, the funny thing is that there's something in us, right, that that always wants to make us win, right? That wants to give us that edge on on something, right? And and when we start looking for an edge on something, then all of a sudden we start putting things before God that really shouldn't be there because we're looking into worldly stuff. To, to, to try to put that edge on. Right. But first Corinthians 10, 13 says no temptation has overtaken you except such as in common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond that you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So you see, a lot of times we do these things like, oh, I'm going to pick the three truths. And, and we're trying to get that extra edge. And, and, and that extra edge times can lead us down really dark roads into, into situations. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I thought it was pretty good. What does an addiction have to do with an edge? I didn't have much to go with here, man. We're talking. I, I didn't Tom, have much. I mean, hey, Tom, Tom that transition. That's a good old that trans- college try, man. That transition was good because <laughs> what it basically let us know was that there is something in us that we're addicted to winning. We have to find that edge and we'll do whatever it takes uh, for us to have that edge to win. So I thought brother. it was. I, I don't know what winning has to do with well. addiction. That's that's if what you're I'm addic- to figure if out. You're, if you're addicted to winning, you're you'll do whatever you take at all costs to get there. Aiming for. Well, well, you know, it's interesting because then then I'm glad we're having the show because that's going to answer that question in the show. Dave, why don't you okay. tell these people what the show is about today? 
Well, last week we talked about uh, we're you know obviously uh, if you if you didn't join us last week we're doing a three part series on addictions. Uh, last week is what is an addiction. This week we're doing uh, our topic is admitting our addictions. Um, and and last week we 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 talked about you know all the addictions that we would have in life. You know, obviously the ones that we hear about all the time are alcoholism and drug addiction, but uh, we're focusing on those as well as you know, some of the ones that aren't um, as easy to admit or, or I'm sorry, or aren't as commonly admitted, uh, such as workaholism, you know, sexual addictions. Um, we're talking about, you know, um, addictions to pills, addictions to what else did we talk about last week? I'm trying to pull up the notes. But the um, just any anything that would cause you to to try to hide what you're doing, um, anything that would try to, that you would be kind of compulsive about, you know, there's so many in our world that, um, that we just don't admit to, and we just don't want to, we don't want to admit to, uh, smoking, overeating is a big one, internet addictions, phone, gambling, you know, all this stuff. So we're, we're talking about what is an addiction last week, this week, we're talking about admitting what our addictions are and how to do that. So, yeah. And I, and I think that's important because I, I, I run into a lot of people that that smoke cigarettes. And one of the stories I get from that is, you know, I've quit for years and stuff and I came back, I quit for years. Um, but to them, it's not an addiction because they quit for years. Right. And, and in their head, they play it as in, well, if I wanted to, I can quit. I just don't want to. Therefore, it's not an addiction. And, yep. and it's a scary cycle to get into. Yep. And, and it, can I tell you guys something? I'm going to tell a, a real, really, really quick. I just remember it is a story about when I was younger and I started and I was smoking cigarettes. I was on my way to school walking. And is this a truth or a lie? This is the absolute truth. Okay. And I don't know if my aunt, I don't know if to this day my aunt knew. <laughs> I was walking to school and I was smoking. And I had on, I had on my coat because it was the winter time. And I don't know what possessed me to be not intelligent and walk up her street that her and my uncle lived on. But I walked up her street and as I was passing the house, like about to come up to the house, she was coming down the steps. So there was no way for me to avoid her. So I had the cigarette in my hand and instead of just throwing it away, I kind of tucked it and kind of pulled my arm into my oh, sleeve. You you yeah. it. And I pulled my <laughs> arm into my sleeve and I'm talking to her. You and know I'm why like, you did that? Because you, I didn't want to throw expensive. it away. You're expensive. Not back then, but I did. For a kid, think. it was. Not back You're probably then. right. You're probably right. But I'm all I kept thinking was if smoke starts coming out of my neck, I'm busted. <laughs> I'm busted. And I was yeah. able to walk, walk away. Once I was finished talking to her, I was able to walk away real quick. And I'm thinking to myself, like, she knows. She knows. I think I avoided her for a long time because I thought she knew. But I just thought that was a funny story. That that reminds me, and it kind of helps me transition into the, what I wanted to say. I love it. That reminds me. Uh, you know, last week I, I talked about how some of my addictions over m my lifetime um, have uh, – I knew, I knew that they were – 
they were not what God wanted because it was hurting my relationships with people. It was making me want to stay away from the people, you know, hide things from people. And it's funny that you say that because uh, one of my biggest addictions when I was a teenager into my 20s was smoking. And I remember I used to get up at like five o'clock in the morning. I was in the ROTC program in high school. And I used to, in, in New York, you take a city bus to school. And so I'd catch like the 545 or six o'clock bus to school to do PT before high school. Um, and the, the, the bus stop was only a couple blocks from our house. And I was there and I'd always smoke a cigarette there because who's, who's going to see you at six o'clock in the morning? It's still dark out and all that. And here, you know, I'm smoking a cigarette at the bus stop. And my dad pulls up. He and he, you know what? He was just like, he's like, "Hey, I had to run out early, and I thought I'd drive you to school and hang out with you a little bit." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! I'm good. I, I gotta, I gotta get the bus and whatever." Because I, I was, I had just when I saw his car turn the corner, I threw it, but I stunk. You know, I, I was at the end of it. I stunk like smoke. I was like, "No, no, no! I don't want to." But that's such like a, a small little glimpse into how, like, I would have loved to get a ride to school that morning. It was freezing that morning. It was like snow on the ground. It was like 12 degrees. It was freezing. I, I, and it's just like one of the many opportunities I didn't hang out with my dad because I didn't want, you know, so it's just like these addictions, not only do they rob you of your money and your health and your, your time and your focus and your memory, but they also rob you of the relationships that you're supposed to, that God wants you to have with people that God wants you to have with him. Um, and to and end up doing, you know, spending time doing what he wants you to do. So what I wanted to start out today by saying was, um, you guys ever heard of or read the book, The E-Myth? You ever heard of that? It's a small no. business. It's a small business book that honestly, I think anybody in leadership should read. It's called The E-Myth. And it's, uh, it's about um, entrepreneurship. But he starts out, at least read the first chapter. It'll blow your mind and you'll never think about these things the same way. And he talks about the fact that we are all two people. And what he meant by that, I can't actually remember the author's name. I forgot to look it up. Some, somebody Google it and let me know what the author of the e-myth is so we can give him credit. But he talks about how um, we are all two different people. In other words, let me give you an example. Uh, somebody can wake up and their room is messy and they decide I'm going to clean this room. They take the day off and all they do is clean the room. They completely organize it. They, they put new shelves in. They organize everything. Michael they, Gerber? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so they organize the room um, and they put everything where it should be and they label everything and they do the laundry and they put it all away, right? And so they decide, I'm going to be organized for the rest of my life. And then the next day, anything they pull away, pull out, they put back. You know, the laundry that's dirty, they wash it, they put it back away. And the next day, same thing. The next day, same thing. The next day, same thing. But then one day they're getting ready for bed and they throw the clothes back on the floor and they go, I'll get that tomorrow. And then they leave something out and they're like, I'll clean that up later. And pretty soon the room is trashed again, right? And it just happened. Well, what happened? Why did that happen? And what happened was it wasn't one person who decided they were going to be organized. It was two people. And what they decided was the organized person was going to take over that day. Um, but that organized person could only be in charge for so long. And then that other voice inside the head that says, just take it easy, just be lazy, just be sloppy, takes over after a few days and they go back that way. Is it that the person doesn't want to be organized? No, it's not. The person wants to be organized, but the other person doesn't. And what I'm saying is that I'm not saying we're all crazy, 
I'm saying we have part of our brain and part of our being that wants to do what we should do all the time. And we have another part of our being that wants to let other impulses and reactions take over, which is why it's so hard to lose weight, right? We decide one day we're going to exercise. We're going to go to the gym. We're going to eat healthy. And we do that for like a month and everything's working really well. And then all of a sudden we look at the scale again and we're, we gained all the weight back because we're not just one person living inside our head. We have multiple desires. Um, we have multiple instincts. Um, and, and we have to really, really, that's why addictions are so hard because when we decide we want to get out of an addiction, part of us does. And part of us is willing to put in the work and, and do what it takes to get out of an addiction. But the other part of us is really bound by that addiction and really wants to feed that addiction. So that's what we're talking about tonight is what is an addict and how to admit or, or specifically admitting our addictions and understanding that we're all in this together in some form or another. So uh, that being said, what do you guys have to say about admitting addictions and how people can do it? So I guess I'll go first. I, I have two, two thoughts I wanted to share tonight uh, based off of what we talked about last week. And uh, you start off earlier by saying about ruining relationships and stuff. And I think that's the biggest thing with any addiction, whatever it happens to be. Um, it's always because you're trying to hide something because you know it's wrong. You know you shouldn't be doing it, uh, whether it's gambling or smoking or drinking or drugs or, or women or you know whatever it is. You're trying to hide it from the people you're closest to because you don't want them to know. It's a filthy little lie. You don't want people to know what's going on. You want to keep them out of that part of your life. And we do these things because we're trying to fill a void, a, a, a broken part of ourselves. Like you said, there's two parts. And we're trying to fill that broken part the part that has the the desires to do things that we shouldn't do, that we know we shouldn't do. And that comes from our lack of our relationship with God. And as you guys know, I mean, anybody who, who admits stuff to God, you can give it up and you can forget, you can know that you can overcome it. And the fact is we don't do that. That's where we get lost in the process. So my second point would be that, that our relationship with God, once we put that at the forefront if you can admit to God everything that you're doing, why is it we can't, then why can't like, so if I had a, a problem and an addiction or something I was going through, if I've already had that conversation with God, him and I've already discussed it. He's already said, son, I forgive you. I'll get you hmm. through. This. Then I should be coming to you guys. Cause you guys are my brothers in my process. You guys are my accountability. You guys, Pastor Pete, those there should be no reason after I've already talked to God about it that I can't come to you guys and be like, guys, listen, and, and I'm going to bring this up. Tom and I talked about this earlier because you just brought it up, Dave, about the, the losing the weight thing. I have been doing terrible with that, and I've been hiding it from you guys. I haven't talked to you guys about it, and I've been hiding it. Uh, I got down to 297 in the process of this, and I'm back to two. I'm actually three pounds heavier than when we started in January. I'm up to 233 right now and I felt like crap and I've been buying baggier clothes and trying to hide that fact from you guys that I have doubled back and because I felt like crap for doing it. I feel like I let you guys down nope. and I was trying to hide it and I was trying to, to, I felt bad. I felt terrible because we were, we were doing so well in the beginning and so I had to part of the Mac weekend and stuff. Like I said, it was a hugely, uh, 
it changed a lot of thoughts for me. And I love the fact that I came out of that to come into this topic because I had that conversation. I'm like, God, you know, I, I messed up. Like I, 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 I fail. Like I, I didn't get this right. I tried. And then I just gave back into just doing what I wanted to do. And I need you to take that. So now I need to bring that to you guys. And I need to admit that this is a problem for me uh, because you have to be able to admit, you have to have a group of folks, whether it's one person, two people, six people, I don't have a huge circle of people that I trust, but being able to admit your problems to somebody that you can fully trust like God, but somebody here like you guys, I can bring that to you guys. I can bring that stuff to pastor Pete we need, if we're going to find a way to admit, we have to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to put our heart out there and know that, yes, depending on what you're going through, somebody might be like, dude, that's terrible. Why would you do that? You might get, you might, somebody might step on your heart a little bit as you're putting it out there. But I think in the long run, if it's somebody that God's put in your life, then they will accept it and they will help you get through that. But we have to be able to admit that to God first. We have to be able to take that in prayer and say, Lord, give me the strength. Give me the help. Bring people to help me along through this. You know, because if we don't admit it, like right now I'm telling you guys, so I fully expect that you guys will be busting my chops about this going forward. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, not, you know what I mean? Like it come and, and hold me accountable. And well, I asked, there's, there's, there's two big fears when it comes to admitting, I like what you're saying, right? There's two mm -hmm. fears uh, when it comes to admitting. One fear that you just spoke about is that somebody will reject you, right? The other fear is pretty, pretty thinly veiled, but it's there. And it's fear that you'll actually overcome the addiction. Fear that you'll be successful in overcoming the addiction because then you're denying that part of yourself who wants that substance. I've been the same... Dude, I, I'm not going to judge you for a millisecond about this because I, I started at 324 pounds. But what I don't, and I say that all the time, what I don't say is I started four years ago or three years ago, I think it was. I have, I got down to 249 and I caught myself going back up and I went back down and I caught myself going back up. It wasn't until I changed a lot of the behavior, but it, it also came after I you know, I had a lot of discussions. My person, my real person with the weight loss is my wife, you know, and had like real discussions with her about it. It was like, I am addicted to food. I am addicted to crap food. And it wasn't until I got it out of my life that it started to change. But even then, I'm still addicted to overeating. So, dude, you're not going to have any judgment from us, you know, uh, when it comes to this stuff, you know, and but that's we need to get the fear off of what you're saying. I'm sorry that I'm going really long, but what you're saying is we need to get away from the fear of the admission that you're going through something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, if you can take it to God almighty, what, why would we hide it from each other? Yeah. That, that's kind of where my point was like, the because, highest being, because the that's what Satan wants. Exactly. Let's have one foot in and one foot out. That's what Satan wants is for us to say, I'm going through this alone. Nobody will understand. They will judge me. I let them down. And therefore, I'm going to say, I'm going to say nothing. And I'm never going to go anywhere. And I'm never going to succeed. Because that's what Satan wants is to keep us isolated and lonely when it comes to this stuff and to keep us separated and out of relationship. 
I think that's the big one is the relationship one. Because, you know, you're not you're not only just hurting yourself, but there's always somebody else in the picture that's getting hurt alongside with you. Um, you know, Sean, Dave, it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't eat very well. And, and me and Sean were talking about this today. Um, I, I'm I'm addicted to uh, to, to chocolate and, and, and to candy and, and, and to, to sugar and, and to all that fun stuff. Um, and, and I also fall into the cycle of of of. That smoker that says, well, I don't have a problem because, you know, I can just stop doing whatever I can stop this whenever I, I want. Right. There's just no reason to, to stop, you know. Um, so so I personally told Sean something and I said it earlier in the show today that that I wasn't sure if I was going to do or not. Um, the topic in itself and the reasons why I'm doing it goes way deeper than what I'm even going to get into on this show. But we are talking about addiction. Um. So so I am going to this I'm on this show right now. I'm going to give something up for one month. Right. Um, some might say, well, if it's an addiction, you should just quit. I'm not doing that. <laughs> We're be honest. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. I am not quitting. By are you giving up work all. for one month? Um, yeah, I'm not going to church for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that place. Uh, no, but but. But what's funny about it is then we try to cut corners. And this is what I mean. So I said, Sean, I'm going to stop eating chocolate for a whole month. But when I'm eating sweet tarts and, 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 and the other non-chocolate candy, you can't say anything to me because I just quit chocolate, right? So, Sean's, <laughs> so of course, be, yeah. He's just going to be going to bed with Laffy Taffy. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. to make up for it. Right, right. So that's just an example of, of how we, we try to water down things yeah. that 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 are that are that are that are important in our lives right we try to we try to do the water down version we even try to do the water down version of a christian oh, oh i like that sermon idea right there the watered down christian but but the thing is um then i try to play the card on sean okay well fine i'll quit eating candy but what about cookies <laughs> and then I'm like, well, <laughs> what about you? Who? Right. <laughs> All right. You're good. So what have I'm, you what ever I'm, eaten it like a leafy vegetable? I, last time I ate salad, I got sick. So the la when I got Your the three day rejected. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't I, can, I can't eat like a rabbit. So from November 2nd till December 1st. Oh, geez. I am going to quit eating all kinds of candy and all kinds of chocolate. Wow. What about from, from from the time that I, I'm going to continue to eat my Oreos through the show. Uh, but once <laughs> we get off the air, I am committed to quitting all that stuff for a month. And I told my wife, I said, you know, it's interesting because I'm only doing it for a month because I love my candy. But who knows how I feel after the month, right? There's a chance I might say, 
the thought of a chocolate right now doesn't even sound good, you know, because I don't know. I've never really tried to do it before. So, so Sean, I'm with you. Uh, I'm only giving a month, but 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 it's a month in the right way. And, and we'll we'll see what happens after that. I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Um, with you getting rid of the bad stuff, do you plan on trying to replace it or find something as close to it as possible to trick yourself? Uh, so I went to the grocery store with my wife and bought stuff to, to uh, so I could uh, replace it. Yeah. Such placebo as. effect. So but but healthier stuff, not not like I'm not substituting it with like. Uh, cupcakes, right? right? Like trail mix and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bought tuna fish and like a bunch of other stuff. But but yeah, yes. I mean, because because, you know, I, I, I do honestly, I do feel like like a hypocrite sometimes talking about the temple of God just because I don't look like I'm overweight. Right. Skinny's not healthy. And I always well, used to preach that when I was in the gym, right. skinny, yeah. just because you're skinny, it doesn't mean you're healthy. Right. right. A lot of people just got a fast metabolism, but eating the, the diabetes, high blood yeah. pressure, all that exactly. Stuff. But yep. yeah, yep. The, one thing I wanted to say about addiction is I wanted to read a quote from uh, one of my favorite TV series. I know Pastor Pete's listening and I know uh, uh, it's he, he's a big fan of the West Wing as well. Um, but I think one of the characters in the West Wing summed up addiction in one paragraph better than anybody has ever done in an entire book. Uh, he's, he was, uh, an addict and, uh, I think he was actually an addict in real life and what, which is why it was so easy for him to portray one, but he was an alcoholic. He was a recovering alcoholic. His name was Leo McGarry in the, in the show, the West wing. And somebody asked him, why can't you just have one drink? You know, he hadn't had a drink in years and they asked him, why can't you just have one drink? And he said, I'm an alcoholic. I don't have one drink. I don't understand people who have one drink. I don't understand people who leave half a glass of wine on the table. I don't understand people who say they've had enough. How could you have enough of feeling like this? How could you not want to feel like this longer? He said, I'm an addict. My brain just works differently. And anybody who's ever been in the grips of an addiction knows that that's true. You know, just knows that you just, you let something get a power over you. that is just so hard to let go. And, and I really think part of that is what we're talking about tonight. It's the silence about it. And I really think no matter where you are in your addiction, if you're ready to give something up, awesome. If you're, I think that, but the first step, as they say, is admitting that you have a problem. Take it one step at a time. Don't say that, okay, I'm giving this up necessarily. If you're at home listening to this and you say, I am starting to realize that I have an addiction in some area, even if you're not ready to give it up, talk about it. Find somebody, a pastor or a friend who loves you more than life itself and talk to them about it. Admit you have it. Admit that there's, an, there's a problem in your life that you, that you would like to change. Maybe if you even tell them, I'm not ready to change this yet. I just want somebody to know that I'm struggling with this. It's the, it's the best first step you can take to throw light on it because Satan wants to keep you alone and in the dark and he doesn't want you to be able to get out from under it. He wants you to keep yourself walled in with no relationships and keep you shut down. Talk to somebody about it. That's how you admit you have an addiction. Even if you're not ready to change it, talk to somebody about it. Elijah, you're, I don't know if he's talking. If, if, uh, 
if you don't have somebody to talk about or you don't want to talk to somebody about it or you're too embarrassed to talk to somebody about it, always remember you can just go into your room, close the door, get on your knees and talk to God. <clears throat> He's listening and he wants to help. He's our cycle breaker. He's the chain breaker. He's the only way that we could truly get rid of something in our lives is, is through him. He's victorious. He already did it. And don't think for a second that you're going to hide it from God. I mean, don't think for a second. I know we all know that, but I think we try so hard is like to, to, to hide this stuff from God. I mean, it's like Adam, we all laugh when we, we read the, in Genesis that Adam's, you know, covering himself and hiding from God because of his nakedness. I mean, God knows exactly what, what's going on, you know, admit it to God and then try to find somebody, a, a pastor, a friend, and, and, and work it through, you know, and just try to get rid of the silence. Like Pastor Pete said, it's the silence about it. You know, get rid of the silence, get rid of the darkness, get the darkness off of it, put the light on it. Yeah. There, there is one thing that I, I think I admitted to the guys. I don't know if you've, if you heard me or not, but that is the only thing that I, one of the only things that I actually have a problem with. If you think you heard me, let me know. If you didn't hear me, I probably will reveal it to you at another time. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'll wait till you say it. <laughs> Tom, do you remember we were at breakfast and I had said something about how if I was going to tell someone that I was having a problem, I would tell Sean of the four of you? Yes. Um, and the reason I said that was because Sean has been very open about things and open about how he had a, a big messed up life mm -hmm. and he wouldn't be surprised. And I kind of want to encourage people like the people who are admitting their problems are not surprised at yours. The the power of admitting um, is is so important because you're opening the door for other people to trust you and to grow with you together. I think so that's really the, important. It, it, it's important to find somebody and, and you don't have to find somebody, you know the person. I mean, if you're, if you're willing to, to talk about an addiction, you already know the person, but it is important to find somebody like a Sean who, who's not going to be surprised at it. The other actual, uh, I, I told Sarah to forgive me because I had two quotes from the West Wing. <laughs> the other one was, there's a story, and it, there's a story where a, a guy's in a hole. He falls in a hole and he can't get out. And he said, uh, he starts yelling for help to get out of this hole. And a, a priest walks by and the priest, uh, you know, um, says a prayer for him and keeps walking. And then a doctor walks by and this guy's in a hole and he said, I'm in a hole. Can you help me get out? And the doctor writes him a prescription and throws it down into the hole. The guy's still in the hole and he's yelling, please, can somebody help me out of this hole? And a friend walks by and a friend, the friend without even thinking about it, jumps down in the hole with him. And the guy said, you idiot. 
what are you doing in this hole with me? And he said, I'm your friend. And I've been in this hole before. And I got my way out. And I'm going to show you the way out. That's what a true friend is. That's the person that you talk to about your addictions. That's the person that you tell, tell them that you have a desire to be a better person and you just don't know how to get there. Tell them what's going on. That's your, that's your, that's your person. Find a real friend, a real friend, not somebody who wants to keep you in chains because they're in chains. Somebody who will help you get out because they want you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. And that's the person you talk to about it. No strings attached. They just want the best for you. Yep. Anybody else uh, have anything they want to say before we go to prayer? I'm good. No. Uh, before we do that, I just want to read a read a quick Bible verse and a couple of song lyrics. Uh, the Bible verse I wasn't planning on doing, but Pastor Pete threw it up there earlier. I really liked it and I thought it was appropriate. Romans 7.21 I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within my heart is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death. And it shows you that, that this addiction thing, this uh, doing what is wrong thing is not new. You know, this guy's lamenting about it in Romans. It's it's not new. There's nothing new under the sun, um, which 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 tells you it's, it's all that more um, common or not surprising when you talk to somebody about it. I remember when I admitted some addictions that I had to a, a good friend of mine. He said, "I have more respect for you now than when I when before you told me this, because you want you're telling me you're trusting me." Um. As I was preparing for this, uh, this episode all week, I just um, was hearing these song lyrics that our praise team sang in church um, recently uh, from the song Graves into Gardens. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade, there are never enough. And then you came along and you put me back together. And now every desire is satisfied in your love. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing better than you. I am not afraid to show you my weakness, my failures and my flaws. Lord, you have seen them all and you still call me a friend. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley and there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. There is nothing better than you. You turn mourning to dancing. You give beauty for ashes. You turn shame into glory and you're the only one who can. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. Guys, there's nothing new. There's nothing new. Talk to God about it. Talk to a mentor about it. Talk to a friend about it. Let's get through these things together that bind us and keep us in the dark. Bring them into the light. Let's talk about them. Sean? Father. We're just so thankful that every step we take in our journey, you're right there with us. If we stumble back, you catch us. If we just need encouragement, you lift us up. 
So we just thank you that you've walked with us this far, Lord, and we are thankful that you will walk with us until you call us home. But Father, this week, we have some a praise for the start of some relationship restoration that needs to happen, Lord. I want to pray for safe travels for Dave as he starts this, this trip he's going to take. Father, be with Jamal's family as they lost, he lost his mother. We don't know why things happen, but we know you have a plan, and we know you will bring peace and comfort to that situation. Lord, we're in praise for what you're doing in Randy's life and that you will continue to do in his life. I ask that you be with Dan Cadence's family as he lost his battle this Saturday morning. Be with them, Lord. For Randy's niece, who's still struggling with her own relationship with you, help strengthen and bond that, uh, that strengthen that bond, Father. For David in his health situations, Lord, you know what that is. You know what needs to be done. Walk beside him. Lay your healing hands upon him. For personal petition, Lord, you know what's going on in that situation. You know how to handle that. You know what best fits the need of that person, Lord. Would you deliver that unto them? Father, also for Betty's health, we know you're walking alongside her. We know you are in that, Lord, and you will bring her to the health, the healthiest person that she can be for you. For Matthias and, De and Devin, who were in an accident, Lord, be with them. As Matthias is in a coma, as Devin has to be, as dealing with the situation, Father, be with them in that. Remind us that this walk of life was never meant to be alone. You didn't put Adam in the garden to do it on his own. You brought him, Eve, to do it together. Not one person in this life is meant to live in darkness alone. Your heart was so broken for us, Lord, that you sent your son so we wouldn't walk in darkness alone. Father, help us remove the blinders that make us believe when things don't go the way we expected or things become difficult or heavy, that we have to take that burden and walk it alone because you do not ever, ever walk away from us. There are so many times in all of our lives we can turn around and look back and say, man, I was going through this or I was going through that, and God walked right beside me in all of it. Never once did he leave me, even though it hurt, even though it was painful, even though I felt like it was the end. You never left my side. Father, I just want others to feel that, to know that. To know that no matter what comes in life, no matter how bad we feel, feel that we have messed up and we have displeased you, we can turn back to you. And you're just waiting there with open arms, 
And you've placed people in our lives that have that same love for us here on earth. Lord, open our eyes to those people. The path is narrow, but it is not desolate, and it is not isolated, and it is not alone. We, as your people, walk with you, and we should walk with each other. So, Father, help us to be the family in Jesus Christ that you've meant for us to be since the beginning. Help us build that bond in our relationship with you because there is nothing in life we can do without you. And there is nothing in life that can drag us down as long as we have you in our corner. So, Father, we thank you for always being there. We thank you and we praise you and we love that you will always be there and we thank you that you gave up your life here on earth so that we could have that relationship with you there is no darkness that can't be overcome when you dwell among the temple of our hearts father we love you so much we pray in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Well, that was 82. In the book. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Tuesday night before maybe the last episode on this topic. I, always, I never want to be definitive. <laughs> We've tried that before. Yeah. But we'll and, see how and, it goes. You know, we might be we might be looking for a new member next week because Tom will have locked himself in his basement, chained himself to a radiator to keep stay away from, <laughs> to stay away from the Snickers bars, and he might not have to be able to go to work anymore because Pastor Pete said he's going to fill your drawers with candy every day now. Wow! Yeah, it's awful nice of him. Yeah, he's a nice friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, amen, amen, amen. Yeah. Guys, we love you. God bless, Don't guys. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for watching. See you next I week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Sean, you froze up a little bit. Yeah. There he is. Wow. Right at the end. Isn't that crazy? Did I? There he goes. Yeah. And I just came yeah, back. Yeah. And we're yeah, out. That's weird. You're gone for like a minute. Yeah. Just, it was just at the end there. You were fine the whole show.